0: Hello once again from the Charlottetown waterfront in my fabulous F-150 recording studio here. It's a Sunday morning. It's one degree. It's absolutely beautiful on the island. If you're not here, you need to get here soon. Our last podcast covered first-time home buyers, and one of the things that we touched on just briefly, because we try to keep things under 15 minutes, is the process of buying. We left it with setting up a search, understanding what you're looking for, In this podcast, we're going to cover making an offer. So we're going to jump right ahead to you, found the perfect place, you're all excited, now you need to make an offer. I think the first thing to establish is what is the market like? Is it a buyer's market? Seller's market? Is it a balanced market? And then you go from there to doing a lot of due diligence on the property you're looking to offer on. You're going to make sure that you know, if it's on for one hundred and seventy-five thousand, they didn't pay thirty-two thousand for it last week. You want to find out all kinds of stuff about it, so you are not going into this absolutely blind. I'm Michael Posnick, and today I have Patty Campbell, powerhouse Patty, with me to my right.
1: Thank you, Michael. Nice to be here today on this beautiful day. That's it. Yeah.
0: So when you're making an offer, what do we need to see of that offer? Do you want me to give the lister to you?
1: No, you go right ahead.
0: We're making an offer. We would sit down with your agent or we do this over the phone because forms can now in Prince Edward Island be signed electronically like many places using .loop, DocuSign, or whatever. Obviously, we're looking for the purchase price. We're looking for the deposit. The deposit's not to be confused with the down payment. The down payment's a requirement of the lender if you're not buying cash, which most people aren't. The deposit is a good faith uh, money or monies that basically binds the contract. You do need a deposit, otherwise that
1: contract is not legally bound. But the deposit can be considered part of your down payment um, from a bank standpoint. So as an example, if you put a $2,000 deposit um deposit down, and you need a ten thousand dollar down payment on the the property uh, that two thousand you now only have to provide eight thousand so absolutely okay. so the deposits
0: in per are usually pretty minuscule compared to most the average in North America is probably five percent if you're uh you know if you if you want to make a reasonable, down payment even 10% or more, and that can also be used as a leverage tool because bigger deposits make it look like you're more serious, even though they don't really affect the end result per se. Typical deposits in PEI seem to be falling in that limits for the ETF transfers, which is usually under $2,500, $3,000. Are you finding that?
1: Yeah, that's about what I find.
0: Right. So you've got the offer price, you have the deposit. The down payment has nothing to do with it. That's a function of the... Mortgage, which you should already have together and discussed with your lender. Conditions will include when you're going to take possession of that house, the closing date. The closing date, in my opinion, should never be a Friday. It should be a Monday through Thursday. And you should try to avoid the end of the month or the beginning of the month. Why
1: is that, Michael?
0: Because it's bad news. Because people (laughs) typically try to close on the 30th, 31st or the 1st. A lot of times because they're renting and they want to try to tie everything in. But even if you're renting, things may or may not close on time. And if it's the summertime, a lot of the legal offices and that seem to vacate on a Friday afternoon. Four o'clock. To go golfing or yep. whatever lawyers do uh, and the agents.
1: So and, and then if it closes, sorry, if it closes on a Friday or if it was the closing dates are Friday, I do not pick a Friday closing unless I know... It is somebody that is not going to be homeless because you're not just out one night. You are now out three nights waiting until um, Monday morning rolls around uh, to complete that sale closing, hopefully.
0: Right, because the banks are now closed. And if there's anything wrong, you move in and you find out that there's a plumbing issue or electrical issue. Those tradespeople are less inclined to be working on a Friday night than a Monday morning. What can go wrong? Close between Monday and Thursday. Stay away from the ends and the beginnings of the month. You're also going to indicate what you want with the property. This needs to be spelt out, whether it's a fridge, stove, washer, dryer. Uh, We've included lawnmowers. We're not typically in the appliance and lawnmower business, but it's typical that you do see some smaller items included. I do note that with those items, I feel... And I'll get your opinion, get some pictures of them, specifically lawnmowers, because we've had people switch out lawnmowers. Get a picture of the serial number the hours on the lawnmower, if it's a commercial lawnmower, make, model, fridges, stove. Take lots of pictures. It costs nothing these days on your phone. Uh, and just have that on hand. You're going to write that in the offer. You're also going to make this conditional on financing because even though the bank has said you're good to go, they're still going to want an appraisal done. That appraisal has to come in and align with what you bought the property for. You're typically going to have a home inspection done there. I suggest not using a family member, cousin, uncle, brother, friend. Use a real home inspector. Your Your agent can supply typically three or more that you can pick from because that's someone that does this every day. They know what to look for. And they certainly have a lot more expertise than someone that's never built a house or done anything with housing.
1: And, and a good real estate professional will make sure that the home inspector kind of aligns with the client. You know, you don't want a home inspector that may be very, very technical speaking to a first time home buyer because it's going to overwhelm them. Vice versa, you don't want a very seasoned, um, you know, uh, purchaser. Having a home uh, home inspector who speaks very, you know, basic, simple terms because that will only frustrate them. They want all the, the mechanic, uh, mechanics of the home. So um, a good real estate professional will make sure that you get a home inspector that aligns with you and will be able to articulate and convey to you in a way that they know will not stress or overwhelm, uh, but definitely protect protect the buyer.
0: Right. Other clauses you'll typically see is the insurance clause to make sure you can get insurance because that's typically going to be a condition of the mortgage. Insurance problems usually aren't that considerable in PEI unless you've got wood-burning appliances, wood stoves, exposed foam that combust and kill you in a matter of seconds in the basement.
1: Yeah, an insurance thing. Uh, if you don't pick a local insurance company or an insurance company within the province, and you pick, say, nothing against the banks, insurance companies, or um, but if they're getting you to do just something to be aware of, if they're getting you to fill out, you know, all the what's the distance to a fire hydrant, and you know, all of this information. If you if an I is not dotted or a T is not crossed, when the day comes, it hopefully it doesn't happen but you end up having to make a claim, they could reject you. Uh, so I typically, especially a first-time home buyer, I usually try steering them to a local insurance company who's going to go out and assess the property themselves and fill out the paperwork. And
0: they know the market, and that goes for mortgage people too. It's always good to deal with someone that knows the local market. Someone in Toronto probably doesn't know anything about buying a house in O'Leary. Other conditions, water tests, if you're outside the major cities and you're not in some sort of communal, uh, municipal water situation, which is for the most part any house that's in the country, you're going to get water. The vendor is going to do the water tests for you, both bacteria and chemical. Um, Septic system. Well, septic system inspections are kind of a joke here because they're not really inspecting the system per se, the the tile bed and everything. They're just opening the lid to the tank and making sure the liquids that are a certain level, the tank's not cracked, and there's nothing obvious. Like, the thing isn't on a 30-degree angle. But that is another clause. And if you are uh, not an island resident, you'll go through Island Regulatory Appeals Commission if you're lying over 165 feet of waterfrontage or 5 acres. If you're a non-Canadian resident, you'll also be subject to Justin Trudeau's, what would you call it, his dictatorship policies, where you can't buy in certain areas if you're not a Canadian resident. That has affected PEI. It shouldn't have because we never had any issues, but the same rules that have applied in British Columbia are now applying
1: here. Yeah, and I mean, just with regards to that, Prince Edward Island being, again, another unique market where, you know, the smallest province in Canada, um, we already have land protection acts in place. We didn't need another layer of limitations because the Island Regulatory Appeals Commission, they already do all their screening. And, you know, if if the land is over five acres or 165 feet, but that's a whole other podcast, um, possibly, but... We already have our Land Protection Act. We didn't need. We didn't need a secondary level
0: for sure. Yes, but thankfully that's going away. Is it next year?
1: Uh yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there is mapping. It's done by Census Canada, or Canadian Census, but it's uh, it's kind of weird. Yeah, we have one more year of it. It's twenty 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 three. Yeah, I know. So it, yeah. Next year. So that's it in a nutshell. When you make your offer, again, you're going to be familiar with market conditions. Hopefully, you're not going to get into a multiple offer situation that's far more likely if you're a first time home buyer or if you're looking for entry level properties because people are there's gonna be a long list of properties, look, long list of buyers looking for properties that are two, three hundred thousand, and there's looking for a property for a million five. Yeah. And people that don't have the financial capability for that. Your agent, if they're experienced, if they're full time, if they're doing this every day, should know what they need to do to number one, negotiate the best deal for you because they represent you because hopefully you're not dealing with them as a listing agent as well.
1: If- well, another question just with regards to that, if you're, for, if you're a purchaser and just the lingo, ask for a reverse CMA. So the listing agent would have done their comparative market analysis to advise the seller, here's what the market says your property's worth. But sometimes a seller will pick their own price or a, an agent will buy the listing and give them an inflated price. So as a buyer... Um, You want your buyer's agent or representative to do what we call a reverse CMA to let you know, does the number that's currently on the property align with um, what, you know, the market value should be? That is something more of interest if you're in a buyer's market. If you're in a seller's market, it doesn't matter typically. Uh, You can still do one, but a lot of times um, the seller is going to get what the seller wants for the property. So.
0: And it comes down to your due diligence, hopefully knowing the situation, if you can find out what predicament or why the seller is selling. If the seller is just selling because they're looking for an idiot because they bought it for $400,000, now they're on for $950,000 6 months later, they're not motivated to sell. But if someone from southern Ontario comes in here and cuts them a big check, they're more than happy to take their money, build something brand new for half the price and move on with their day and sell it to another one. That's what's been happening here. so you really need to be careful because in my opinion, if someone paid five fifty for a house eighteen months ago, I don't care about what the over amorous Ontario buyers are buying for a million I'm not paying that because markets go up and down Housing goes up and down we've proven that in the in, in the uh, the crashes recently
1: and we just find Ontario buyers because they're not properly educated I'm both of us are actually from Ontario originally, um, living here on Prince Edward Island. But um, we find they're not properly being educated and informed in the Maritimes, just using the Maritimes as a whole, and are assuming what seems like a steal of a deal here. Um, you know, they're ready to write the check, not realizing they probably paid 100000 or 400000 more. more than what as a local we know it's to be worth so anyway it's just a perfect opportunity to slide that in it's
0: what it is is it's like shell shock you come here when i first came here just over 25 years ago you'd see a waterfront home for 40 grand and you're like i need to buy this 40 grand Holy smokes i just sold my house in north hamilton for 40 grand and now i can live on the water for 40 grand in pei you're just ready to cut a check not knowing full well that that property is more than waterfront it's actually on the water Ready to float away, and there's a reason why it's forty grand. But more appropriate to today, what you're seeing is people that have bought properties that have doubled the price, and they don't really care if they sell. And hopefully, you don't want to be the victim buying that property only to find out it's going to go down in price as we lose the demand. Because real estate, just like anything else, is supply and demand, and some people forget that. And that's what caused the crash in the States was people thought houses, housing went up forever. Not always the situation. So that's about all we can cover in 14 minutes. Do you have anything to add before we go away?
1: No, no, That that's pretty much the process. And yeah, thank you. I think we covered it.
0: Get a copy of the forms before you make an offer preemptively. It gives you an opportunity to review them, read them, and be a little more familiar with them rather than just being popped out in the spur of the moment.
1: Yeah. Well, I find when they just get popped out, all a buyer is focused on is, what am I offering and when's the closing? Whereas there's a lot more to these contracts that you need to be aware of.
0: Right on. And you can always have your lawyer review them too. Absolutely. Prior to signing. Have a good day. Have a good day.